All right, now we know Mike Zimmer is going to be the Cowboys defensive coordinator in 2024. And I'm about to talk to you about the crazy stuff that you might expect and why the Cowboys got it right. Mike Zimmer, right man for the job. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, on a Thursday night. A Thursday night that, hey, you know I've been getting better at starting at 8 p.m. You know I've been getting better at that. But when news drops 30 minutes before the show starts about the Cowboys finally making it official, that they're, I mean, not official per se. I saw a tweet somewhere in there that the Cowboys, hey, are saying that nothing is a done deal. But, you know, this dance, uh, we've seen it a thousand times before. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network has reported that Mike Zimmer is expected to be the next Cowboys defensive coordinator. Todd Arker from ESPN is also saying that his sources tell him that Mike Zimmer is going to be the guy. So I don't care what the Cowboys position right now is and whether or not they're saying that, no, 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 nothing is done yet. This is a done deal, it seems like. And Mike Zimmer is going to be your defensive coordinator. So sorry, I had to adjust a little bit. Uh, we were going to talk about some stuff that we might still talk about later on the show. Uh, we're going to talk about the NFL honors a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, what Demarcus Lawrence said on Super Bowl week that's caused some controversy around Cowboys Nation. Hey, but hey, this news, this is big news. So we are obviously throwing the game plan out the window and just rolling with our two-minute warning adjustments, basically. So, hey, let's talk about it. Mike Zimmer is the man. I'm just going to get us started with one question from me to you. What is one word to describe this hire by the Dallas Cowboys? Let me know in the chat. What do you make of it? What is the one word to describe the Cowboys going with Mike Zimmer at defensive coordinator? And I'm going to talk about what I like about Mike Zimmer. Maybe we're going to recycle some thoughts from last Sunday's show where I talked to you about the five reasons why I thought that Mike Zimmer was the right man for the job. And we're going to talk about the good and the bad, ladies and gentlemen. So welcome into the show. I'm excited about this one. Let's get to your one words. Awesome, says Katharina. Just keeping it simple. She says, uh, awesome. Uh, Gregory goes with relief, which is an interesting one. Lil Blazed, says Cam602. Cheating a little bit because he went with three words. But hey, I'll take it. Patrick is absolutely perfect. You guys are cheating on me, man. You guys are cheating, but I'll hey, I I will allow it because we're happy. Soltan says, hey, necessary. You know what I like? You know what I like? I'm gonna go with aggressive for my word. I'm gonna go with aggressive. Now, I'm not saying that the hire itself is aggressive, because maybe Mike Simmer isn't the most aggressive move you could have done. Maybe that would have been going with a younger coach, taking a little bit more of a risk. In that sense, rolling the dice, let's see if this guy has what it takes and maybe you find yourself a gem. Maybe that would have been a more aggressive hire. But the reason why I'm using that word 
is because if there's one thing that I like about this move is that Simmer's mindset is like Dan Queens in the sense that he is aggressive. Now, that aggressiveness manifests itself different on a Mike Simmer defense than a Dan Queen defense. But it's still a mindset that is there. And it presents itself in two specific ways. I talked about this a little bit last Sunday. And we even had an X's and O's breakdown of a specific play. But it manifests itself with disguised coverages, which was really not a feature of the Dan Queen defense. I'm not saying they never disguised the coverage. But Mike Zimmer goes crazy with this. And he actually uses much more too high shell looks where he's lining up two safeties up high pre-snap, and then you just don't know what they're going to do post-snap. Now, not exactly like big Fangio-type defenses, because it's not always that they line up just deep in the backfield, ready to tell the quarterback, you cannot throw deep on us. This is actually a little bit different. So Mike Seymour will have a four-man front, and he's going to have a defense, uh, a safety guy or a defensive back lined up at the line of scrimmage. And then when the ball is snapped, that guy is, he might blitz, but he also might run 20 yards backfield to play a deep half of the field. Because he's going to show you simulated pressures as well. And we're going to talk about that. I'm going to show you some examples of it. Uh, but Mike Zimmerman, he, he, he will... Change the picture on you so quick, but he will do it with sound coverage behind it. And he'll play in zone coverage behind blitzes. He'll play man coverage behind blitzes. He is just somebody that goes wild a little bit on game day. And I'm going to show you a play right now. This is a play that I showed you on Sunday. But look at Harrison Smith. Let me, let me tell you where you're going to find him in the screen. You're going to find him at the bottom of the defensive line, right? Threatening more or less the right tackle or tight end. Uh, so let me show you to that. Let me show you that play. It's on the right tackle side of things. Harrison Smith showing blitz and then just will shoot backfield to play half of the of the field, man. And you know that just changes the picture on you. That just changes the picture on you at the last second if you are a quarterback. And again, not saying that Dan Queen never used that kind of stuff, but it's not exactly a staple of his defense, right? He's going to do cover one. He's going to do cover three. That is Dan Quinn's staple. With Mike Zimmer, it's these kind of wild things that you're going to expect of, of a defense like his. Now, the double A gap formations. You know about this by now because we've been expecting Mike Zimmer to be the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys for almost a week now. Uh, Mike Zimmer is famous for his double A gap looks and how that looks like. Uh, what that looks like is he's going to have two safeties over the center sometime threatening each of his shoulders. And sometimes he'll send both of those guys at the quarterback. Sometimes both will drop back into coverage. Sometimes only one of them will rush. And sometimes it will depend on whatever the offense does. So if the center or the quarterback go like, hey, we're sliding towards the right, that linebacker is going to drop back in coverage. And the one that they're not sliding towards is going to blitz, right? So it's going to be a little bit of a chess game. And, you know, you can see an example here. Quarterback points to 54, you know, Kendricks. And so 55 is going to blitz. And Kendricks is going to be dropping back into coverage. And you noticed who actually got the sack there? 
it was a safety because this time the safety didn't drop back like in the first play we saw. This time Harrison Smith is going at the QB. Now, sometimes they won't show double-A gap blitz. Sometimes they won't do it. Like, this is not a fun defense every single snap. But when they don't, they might do this. Blitz at the last second. Threaten the A-gap to the last second and go at the QB. So that's more or less, man, what, what you can expect of a Mike Simulet defense. And if this was a static unit for the Cowboys that didn't blitz, that didn't do stunts, that didn't do all of that, maybe you would be like, oh, man, we're going to be rolling the dice a whole lot, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Now, that would be fair. That would be a fair way of thinking, man. But hey, this is a defense that has that kind of mindset, that kind of mentality to it. So I like not going from, from one type of, of aggression to another. I mean, it's going to be different types of, of aggression, but I mean levels of aggression, right? They're not going to stop being that sort of team. Now, Mike Zimmer does play man coverage, too. Speaking of that, Cowboys played at the highest rate in the NFL. You know, they played man coverage at the highest rate in the league. Mike Zimmer. I don't have the rates themselves. I could actually get them for you, though. Let's look at this. I'm going to go into Sports Info Solutions here very quickly, and I'm going to try to get you uh, the man coverage rates. But in 2021, he was top 10 in both man coverage snaps, Mike Zimmer was, and he was top 10 in EPA per play when using man coverage. And this is in 2021, when maybe he didn't have his best defense, right? Which is probably also the reason why he ended up leaving the Vikings. But hey, I've got you. 2021 Minnesota Vikings played man coverage. Actually, not that much, but 15 highest. But let me show you this, man. Let me show you this. If, if we all, all filter to third down, for example, I'm pretty sure that would change. I'm pretty sure that would change. So let's go to, let's go to, I think I might not be doing this one right but at least volume-wise, he does play a lot of man coverage. But what you could like is that, hey, he's not going to leave in that world. So let me show you this. 2020, 17th in man coverage. Still pretty selective when he uses it. But hey, he doesn't live in one world like maybe Dan Quinn did, right? It's not going to be as extreme, which I could also argue is a little bit of a positive in that sense. So despite being top 10 in man coverage snaps, if you look at the rates in 2021, 15th in man coverage, he does play 4-5 basically as his base defense, which is not a surprise because that's the world we live in in the NFL nowadays. So that's one reason to like it. Uh, and I'm going to get to the comments here in a little bit. Mike Zimmer, if he manages to stop the run and you get to third and long or you get to third down, you're in trouble. This is Mike Zimmer between 2017 and 2021. Mike Zimmer had the second best defense versus the pass, second best defense versus the run on third down during his time with the Minnesota Vikings. And do you know why that is? Because of what we just talked about. If you get to third down, and long specifically too, he's going to be uh, 
sending you crazy pressures and he's going to be disguising the coverage and making you guess. Now, we've got a good question here. We've got a good question. Let's call it a good question for now. James Sharp says, and another question, what did the Vikings do again? Yeah, like I thought, says James. Let me ask you something, James. What was Mike Simmers' job in Minnesota? Yeah, that's, that's also what I thought right there. We're not evaluating Mike Simmer, the head coach here. Don't, don't get it wrong. We're not evaluating the head coach here. We're evaluating the, the defensive coordinator. Now, if you want to point to some years being a little bit, you know, bad for his defenses. Now, that's a, that's a, that's a different thing, right? But I don't think we can point to him not being successful playoff-wise and all that with the Vikings and be like, oh, man, he's not going to be good for us in that sense, right? He had uh, the number one defense in 2017 per points allowed. He had uh, the second one in 2003 with the Cowboys, fifth in 2019 for the Vikings, fifth in 2015 for the Vikings, fifth in 2013 for the Bengals. This is somebody that has coached 22 years in the NFL, including defensive coordinator years and head coaching years. And he has had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten defenses that had finished in the top 10 in points allowed. And then add to that another one, two, three in top 15 units. Now, granted, he has had defenses that have been out of the top 15. In 2020, the Minnesota Vikings ended as a 29th defense in points allowed. So yeah, he might not be perfect, but he's somebody that I think is able to make do with what he's got on a roster. He's able to change it up. He's able to be aggressive with the blitzing and all that. And the good thing here is he's going to come in and he's going to coach a unit that has Micah Parsons, that has Dayron Land, that has Trayvon Diggs. And at the end of the day, it is a Jimmy's and Joe's league more than it is an X's and O's league, you know? So we'll see. Now, I'm going to say something that is going to sting a little bit, guys. I'm going to say something that you might not like, but I strongly believe to be the truth. And that is the benchmark is not Dan Quinn. I'm sorry, but it's not. Dan Quinn, say what you want about how things ended for Dallas. Say what you want. And it's fair to point that out because it's part of this conversation. But Dan Quinn was or took this defense and between 2021 and 2023, you had the number one defense per EPA per play. Both in 2021 and 2022, you let the NFL in takeaways. I've said this time and time again. I'll say it again. The last time that that had happened was in the 1970s when the Steelers were nicknamed the Steel Curtain. That is not going to be the benchmark. It cannot be. And if the Cowboys defense takes a step backward, so be it, man. We had a great defense for three years. It's not going to be the end of the world if it's not that kind of defense in 2024. 
Now we can have a conversation later about what that means for the offense and for the identity of this team. Because Mike McCarthy told us last year that this was going to be a defensive first operation after week five, that was not the case. After week seven, like after the bye week, that was not the case. Because when it was not a coincidence that suddenly the Cowboys were like, hey, you know what? We actually should be pushing the ball downfield a little bit more often here. And we should be targeting CD and we should be doing this and that. That was not a coincidence, right? So this that is not going to be the benchmark. And some people have asked me, do we prefer him over Dan Quinn? And I would be inclined to say no because of the success that we've recently seen from Dan Quinn. And yet, there's a lot of areas that you should be excited about that might be better with Mike Zimmer over Dan Quinn. An example of that might be just run defense, especially against the Cal Shanahan-led offenses. There was a graphic out there from Cowboys Stats who basically compared how coaches fared, how defensive play callers fared against Shanahan-esque offenses. And Mike Zimmer was well below, well above average. And, you know, take that with a grain of salt because of the sample size. And even Cowboys stats pointed that part out. But it theoretically makes sense. With Mike Zimmer, you're going to see a lot more of two high coverages, two safeties up high. And those sorts of looks will usually let you live in a world where you're better against motions, you're better against shifts, you're better against all that. And that's what Shanahan-esque offenses like to do a lot of. So it makes sense on paper, and it makes sense with the numbers that we've seen from Mike Zimmer-type defenses between 2017 and 2021. So there's something to say uh, there, I guess. But... You're, you're going to see more versatility. I talked about the two high defenses on Sunday. I'm going to show you this graph again very quickly. On the left side, you've got the Cowboys' third down coverage rates by distance in 2023. And you can see that if you look at third and one or third and two or three to six yards to go or seven to 10 yards to go or even 11 plus, the Cowboys are going to live in that world where they've got one safety up high and they're playing cover one, cover three, or cover zero is also included in those blue graphics. But you're going to see they're going to live in that world, and they're still not going to do a lot of cover two or quarters coverage. Even if it's third and super long, they're not going to go live in that world, at least most of the time. When you look at the Ravens, and yeah, I use the Ravens for data reasons. Uh, I didn't have the coverage rates for the 2021 Vikings. So I use the Ravens just because they do a little bit of everything. But look at how different that team looks. Like you get to third and seven plus, and they're going to start using two safeties up high, right? They're not going to be as stubborn with their coverages. And I do think that was a weakness of the Dan Queen defenses. Uh, but hey, Mike Seymour is likely going to resemble more what you see from the Ravens when you get to third and long. The Cowboys are going to use two safeties up high. There's a lot of personnel questions, by the way, that we should answer one of these days. And maybe on Sunday, we can dive even deeper into all that. We can dive into what this means for Micah Parsons. We can dive into what it means for the safeties. Who is more likely to undertake that Harrison Smith type role, right? Somebody that plays in the box, but can also play up high and can also blitz the quarterback because that's what made Harrison Smith such a fun player with the Vikings was 
how Mike Zimmer utilized him. With that being said, I think the the areas where the Cowboys could be better are versus Shanahan offenses, mixing the coverages a little bit more like what I just showed you. And I also believe we're going to see... I, I struggle with this one. We're going to see less of an emphasis on hybrid players. I'm going to tell you why I struggle with it. Because I think a lot of the modern football, the way that you stop it is with hybrid players. So I don't want to act like hybrid players is a bad thing, right? Jaron Kears for two years, I know 2023 was not the case, but for two years, Jaron Kears was turned into a solid NFL starter because Jaron Kears utilized him not really as a safety, not really as a linebacker, more as a hybrid, right? You need those types of bodies in today's NFL because now tight ends are not the same as before. They're also a little bit of wide receivers, right? Like the supersized wideouts, or sometimes the slot is not a short dude. He's somebody that's taller and all that. So you got to have these different types of bodies. Chanahan will have Devo Samuel line up in the backfield and he'll run at you. So I understand the theory behind uh, hybrid players. There's a massive myth situation where you asked him to drop weight when you really needed a nose tackle. Mike Seymour, I think, I talked about this last week, or not last week, but earlier in the week. I think, I think that Moss's meat is about to have the best diet in the world. I talked about my, my high school football diet where I had sandwiches with, uh, stacked with Nutella and then a Snickers bar right in between. And that I ate that before every practice. Miles Smith might eat five of those daily moving forward, right? Because they're going to have to turn him back into that big body so Mike Seymour can have a legitimate nose tackle, even if they bring back Jonathan Hankins, by the way. I think the Cowboys are going to emphasize bringing in linebackers. Now, I'm not sure if they're going to go all in and they're going to bring Patrick Quinn and all that. I'm not sure about any of that. But they are going to bring more traditional linebackers instead of just rolling with, uh, you know, Marquise Bell at linebacker. They're going to be more, you know, they're going to be more traditional in that sense. Ladies and gentlemen, let me get into the chat here very quickly. I know the NFL honors are going on right now. Micah Parsons finished second or third in defensive player of the year. Uh, first through the three seasons of his NFL career. Parsons had the third most votes behind Garrett and TJ Watt. This should surprise no one, by the way, because Micah Parsons did not even get uh, an all-pro nod over these two players. Garrett, I'm fine with. Garrett, I'm fine with. Uh, the numbers were super similar, and Garrett had more sacks, I believe. And, you know, there, there were some good arguments going for the Browns' defensive end. TJ Watt really upsets me, man, beating uh, Micah. And the reason why it's the the fact that man he 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 didn't see double teams didn't see double teams out there on the field man uh, half double team rate he had half of what Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett had basically so I don't I don't love that uh, but hey if they want to give it to Miles Garrett over him I'm fine with that uh, Dayron Bland had only one first place boat. One first place vote for Dayron Bland, who finished uh, last behind Max Crosby, and then the top three that I just talked about. 
But then Anton Winfield, Fred Warner, Roquan, Khalil Mack, Justin, uh, Justin Madubiki, Dexter Lawrence also got boats. And remember, they got boats, but that doesn't mean that uh, that they are first team boats, uh, first place boats. Because recently they moved to this format where it's uh, a five place ballot. Instead of you voting for somebody, you vote for five, you know, players on that ballot and you fill it out from one to five. Uh, I like that. That's how they do it in baseball. So I kind of like that uh, being implemented to the NFL. Jim Schwartz, one assistant coach of the year. Now, that's a surprise to me. I, I could have sworn Mike McDonald was going to win that one. Ooh, we. Will Anderson beat out Jalen Carter? I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm surprised that a lot of these, a lot of these awards, I'm surprised. CJ Stroud does not surprise me, winning offensive rookie of the year. So sorry, I'm just reacting uh right now to what's going on on the NFL honor. So I'm I took a timeout for that. Uh Evan Winter from ADC Sports predicted Dak Prescott to win Offensive Player of the Year. He's not winning MVP. We know that because we already know that Lamar Jackson is the first team All-Pro. And that one always coincides. It's always the same. Um, it's the same voters, literally. So, yeah, man, oh, I'm surprised at some of these prizes already. Let's see. Let me see some of your comments, though, right now on the Mike Zimmer situation and the Cowboys defense. Michael H is hybrid players, good riddance to bad rubbish, says Michael H. And again, I'm somewhere in between, man. It's not a bad idea. And some of these top defenses have, have hybrid type players. But there's a line that you maybe should not cross. Like, you can overdo it. And I think that Dan Quinn, in some ways, he overdid it, right? Uh, Nathan says, Simmer poses a problem for Shanahan. Shanahan knows how to beat the Dan Queen defense, and I believe that to be correct, right? Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Um, man, I have some so many comments that I would like to get to. Bell's height is undersized, says Cam. And yeah, Marquis Bell is likely, in my opinion, going back to the defensive back room, right? Uh, TC915 says it's a sack award mode. Shake my head. Talking about you know, the situation with the NFL awards right now. Troy says it's funny looking at Micah standing beside some of these real defense events. Hey, Mike Seymour and whatever he does with Micah is going to be a big discussion. And I'm guessing that every coach that sat across the Joneses, whether it was via a Zoom call or whether it was in person, every one of these coaches was asked, how, what are you going to do with Micah Parsons? And I'm very intrigued about what the decision is there. I would be surprised if things change. I think Micah Parsons will remain primarily a defensive lineman, which is what he's been since year two of his NFL career. You could even argue since late in his rookie season. But yeah, uh, I'm curious about that. I wish that Micah Parsons remains a, a defensive lineman and somebody that you can get after the QB consistently, even very specific game plans. You want to put him at the second level? Sure, go ahead and do that. But 
99% of the time, I would will expect Micah Parsons to remain doing what he does best, which is rushing the passer. And, and hopefully, though, hopefully this time, that doesn't mean having Marquise Bell and Damon Clark play 100% of the snaps at linebacker. Uh, hopefully this time you get an improved version of, of the linebacker room, which doesn't mean that if you don't play Micah, you have nobody playing linebacker, right? And Cam says, I forgot Overshown will be back. I hope uh, quite the wild card there, uh, the Marvin Overshown, because it's funny, man. Obviously, Overshown was a very promising prospect, and obviously he was killing it in the preseason, so that makes us excited. But, but I'm with Cam here. Like, I hope he will be back. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the timetable is for him to be back. But I'm also aware that it's not going to be the smoothest of second-year jumps here for Overshown because he missed out on his rookie year of development. I'm not sure when exactly in the offseason he's going to be back. And knowing the Cowboys, they might want to take it easy like they did with some of the players last year. So I do wonder, like, how developed of a version do we get from my uh, from the Marvian Overshown? Do we still get the the a little bit of a raw version that we got from from that we were supposed to get in 2023? So I'm I'm also not like fully confident in the idea of Overshown the starter in 2024. You know. Uh, there, there's at least some preparation that you got to take on in case he's not ready to go. In case the Marvin Overshown is not going to be a starter for you in 2024. I don't, I don't fully, fully embrace the idea of we've got one spot covered. Now, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm saying you got to prepare as if you're not sure about it. Because you're not sure about it because he's rehabbing, right? You have not seen him out there on the field yet. And the problem is you're likely going to get a full picture of him until July when training camp comes around. So, yeah. Let's get some more linebackers in this room. Now, Katharina asks about Leighton Van Der Esch. Have we heard anything on him? Not really. Not really. We have not heard anything on Leighton Van Der Esch, but I'm not sure if he's going to come back. Listen, Leighton Van Der Esch uh, is expendable in terms of, like, you know, financially speaking here. And the Cowboys did say, we don't know when or if he'll play again. If you cut him in 2024, you get $2.25 million in dead money, but you do save $2.1 million in the salary cap. So this is definitely, uh, uh, you know, this is definitely the reason why you could move on from him. But we'll see though. We'll see if the Cowboys do move on from Leighton Van Der Esch or not. Uh, Guru says Parsons and Overshone at linebacker, then draft a uh, regarded linebacker within the first three rounds. Now I need a edge rusher, Guru. Now I badly need a pass rusher that can come in here and that can be a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate type for three years in a row. 
That's my problem right there. I would much rather have him rushing the passer. I know this is the eternal debate, so don't worry. I'm, I'm not going to dive too deep into it. I'm not going to dive too deep into it. Uh, Mr. Sam Williams is the rusher. Not the not not at that level, though. <laughs> I, I'm good with not giving up on Sam Williams. I'm good with all that. But he's not going to get to that level. Nah. We know he's not, too. And Cam, I know what you meant with the I hope. I absolutely know what you meant uh, regarding uh, Overshone, which is why I brought it up, actually. So don't worry. Don't worry. No worries. Uh, TC915 says, unless Leighton is coming back on a minimum deal and it's okay coming off the bench's depth, I don't want him back. And hey, he might be okay with that, but we'll see. We'll see, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, for now, man, Mike Zimmer is back for the Dallas Cowboys. And I say uh, he's back because in the early 2000s, you guys remember, uh, he coached this team, this team's defense. So yeah, man, Mike Zimmer is your defensive coordinator. In my opinion, they got it right. And yeah, now that that is all said and done, it might be time to end this show. Uh, I was going to play a clip from the Marcus Lawrence. Actually, you know what? Let's do it. Let's talk about it. This has raised some controversy. And after that, uh, we'll get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but this is the Marcus Lawrence talking on ESPN about why the Cowboys were eliminated from the playoffs. You mentioned how you wish your team was here. Mm -hmm. What happened? And why your team isn't here? Uh, all honesty, I think the main thing is who's burned out, man. Uh, you know, long season, um, team dominantly healthy throughout the season. You know, um, the legs get tired, but also, um, you know, you got to give hats off to Green Bay, man. They came out with a great game plan, um, you know, rolling out towards Micah and then running away from me. I feel like, you know, that's that's what they needed to you know get their game started and they jumped on us fast and what about adjustments? Happened. Yeah, adjustments, man. Uh, you know, feel like we went in the locker room and you know we came out you know ready with our adjustments, but uh, still didn't go the way that we planned it to go. I don't know why we were playing zone coverage, man. <laughs> but hey, uh, <laughs> there's been a lot made out of that response, and I don't blame people. My first response was like, "Tired? Did you?" Did you just say you were burned out that the season was long when the starters did not play the fourth quarter for a lot of these games? And like that was my initial reaction. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, what response there from, from D-Log would have made me happy? What response would have been like, hey, you know what, W. And the answer is potentially none. Uh it would have been fun for him to throw somebody under the bus, but, but it wouldn't have made people happier, in my opinion. Like, it would have been, it would have been, uh, you know, I think that the best, the best uh, answer that he could have given was, like, straight up, like, TC915 is saying, like, hey, we sucked, period. Didn't you watch the game or something? But, yeah, man, uh, it's a PR answer. Don't make too much out of it. But I, I was laughing about it because when I first, you know, heard it i was like man you just cannot go out there and say that you were tired the other team also played an 18 game regular season and they actually went down the wire a whole lot more often so you could argue that they were the most exhausted team and they were also on the road they were not playing in green bay blah 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 but hey it's it's a, it's a d-law being you know pr trained with the, um 
let me let me say um while I gather my thoughts very quickly here. So yeah, man, don't make too much out of it. Some people cannot handle the truth. Says Michael H. Uh, say D Law DQ sold us out. Says Mister. <laughs> oh man, burned out. Says BB. Um, says even more about DQ. Tired of what? Shake my head. Yeah, man, it's it was just a weird response in that sense. Hey, shout out to Dylan Attic here for the super chat. He says, Simi's defensive coordinator now spent money in free agency. Urgency. Dallas Cowboys for life. Hey, Lunatic, thank you, first and foremost. But also, you're right. Uh, this is not going to matter if the Cowboys don't go out there and they don't get linebackers. This is not going to matter if they get better on the defensive line. This is not going to matter if they, heck, I'll, I'm going to say it, even they need cornerbacks. I think cornerback might be the most underrated need on the Cowboys right now. We don't know if Stephon Gilmer is coming back. We don't know how Trevon Diggs is coming back, how healthy he's going to be. And we don't know where we want to play Daron Bland exactly. And, and Bland, you know, you're happy about being able to play him both ways, I guess. But, but you need more cornerbacks on this team, in my opinion. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hit the like button for me. Shout out to the Cowboys for... You know, breaking the news on Thursday. So that way, we could talk about it here on the show before the weekend. I'll see you on Sunday. Programming alert. I'm going to see you before the Super Bowl. I'm going to be live before the Super Bowl. And then I'll let you get to the party and watch the Chiefs and the 49ers go at it. So we're going to have a little bit of Mike Zimmer talk, I guess. But also, we're going to preview the Super Bowl on Sunday. So make sure you tune in and hit the like button for me. Shout out to all of you in the chat. Shout out to the people who watch this on the replay and the podcast. Appreciate you all so much. Bye-bye.